When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It's just really tricky to even talk about. You know, in some ways, it's like there's broad ways that we're probably speaking together about it right now. You know what I mean? Not to get too specific because because it's tricky, it's dangerous, and um, it's hard to gauge uh, when it's going to bite you because it doesn't matter necessarily what your what your intention is or what the reality is for you. Sandra O's oh's Netflix comedy The Chair touches on the sticky nature of how actions are perceived and the consequences that should or shouldn't come with it in an age of social media where nuance often gets lost in the debate. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Sandra Oh, SAG Award nominee for Netflix's The Chair, as well as star of BBC America and AMC's Killing Eve, about to launch its final season. But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable talks about the newly announced Oscar hosts and much, much more. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. All right, everyone, we're back in the roundtable. I am Michael Schneider here, as always, along with Janelle Riley. I get first billing. Yes, you do. And Jazz Tanke. Yay. Hello. And then Clayton Davis. We went from uh, worst to best today. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have to say... um, my lovely bride, Maria, listens to this podcast, and she's like, why do you always start with Clayton? What about the ladies? Thank you, Maria. Thank no, you, Maria. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. And, First and of all, I was like, you I'm, know what? You're I'm, right. shocked your wife li- I'm shocked that your wife listens to the podcast, because my <laughs> wife does not. <laughs> she doesn't even read anything I write. She has no interest in my career whatsoever. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? You are, you are right. Like, what about, like, you know... I, I got I got to move on from my my bromance with Clayton and and give a shout out to the real force behind this podcast, Janelle and Jazz. So the Jays, <laughs> the Jays. But uh, why don't we kick things off? Actually, uh, we will go to Clayton because he was part of the triumvirate that got the scoop. You and Matt yes. and Mark yes. got the host scoop. So can you tell <gasps> us? Are you allowed to reveal how that scoop came together, or is that insider? Oh well. Uh, so details are kind of like it, it, this was not like this came together like within the last couple of days. Like mm-hmm. this wasn't like 
they knew this for a month and were holding on to it. There's been a lot of iterations for it. Um, I just, we, 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 I know we, we're going to talk about the scoop, but I have to mourn Michael Schneider's vision of the telecast. Trust me, I am, I am supremely disappointed. I yeah. thought I had the perfect plan. I had written it out. I don't know if Will Packer ever saw it, but you know, I had <laughs> the entire show mapped out with, with yeah. the Only Murders in the Building stars. And uh, um, but By the way, as reported by another publication, uh, New York Times, uh, they reported that they did ask the trio and they were <gasps> unavailable. They did? Mike, mm. that, they had ske- that they had scheduling conflicts. That is mm. per the reporting of the New York Times. Yeah. Wow, you're in somebody's air, Mike. Well, at least at least it was broached. At least they, they did yeah. consider it. But uh, that's that's a bummer. They did but say, they nonetheless, did, Packer did say I wanna make I wanna make Mike Schneider happy. I wanna make sure that he <laughs> yes. has a good telecast. So he really <laughs> took 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 the task with there. But yeah, no, so Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, not together. One every hour of the three-hour telecast. We don't know what hour everyone's going to be yet. See, I, I kind of I want to see yeah, them I together. I'm not sure I like the idea of separating them when I think the fun would be in the three of them sort of like riffing off each other. Maybe they'll have them open together and then like break them apart. But th- but then at that point, then what's the then then they're still because I'm trying to think. All the multiple hosts in the past, they open together and then they come out like one at a time a few times throughout the night. So maybe it'll just be that, but not like designed as that. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure it's sort of still fluid. I love all three ladies, but I'm just sort of curious how they decided on these three. Yeah. I mean, I mean the the reporting's in there. They so we as reported in there, John Hamm was in the final tally and then exited the conversation just this past weekend, he was going to be one of the three. So I don't know who ended up like replacing. Who replaced or, just, Like they went a I, different <laughs> way with Wanda Sykes. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Wanda, I think Wanda feels like she might've been one of the ori- like original go-tos. Cause again, I think this gets a good demographic of age demographic, you know, cause you have like uh, Amy, I think it's going to appeal to younger people, even though her peak was 2015, 2016, like in terms of like her TV popularity, Regina Hall has had like this real like career renaissance. And listen, she's been around forever. So let me just be clear, not saying that she ever fully went away, but like ever since Girls Trip and Support the Girls, she's had a moment in, Mm -hmm. in the biz. And then Wanda Sykes, you know, that's, you know, the older Academy members know her. You know, she has – we know she can host. She's funny as hell. Yeah. So I think uh, she'll she'll be okay. I, I have a feeling they're going to start with Amy. This is just a, a complete, complete speculation. If it was my, my thinking, you start with Amy, have Regina in the middle, you close out with Wanda. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I feel like hosting the Oscars is almost a thankless job. Like, I know people want to do it, but also, does anyone ever get good reviews? Hugh Jackman did, I guess. He did, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, a lot of, there's a lot of people who wanted it, but not the right people wanted it. Like, they wanted a really big marquee name, and those people just weren't, like, we we have reported uh, The Rock. They asked him. He didn't have, he, he was busy. 
Uh, he was busy opening the Super Bowl, apparently. Right. <laughs> and by the way, he's really he's really let himself go. <laughs> oh my god. He is ridiculously handsome and buff more so than ever. Those, those arms. Hilarious. I mean, those yes. arms are like yeah. the size of like a, a waist of an average person. Like <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous, those arms. My request is that if you are gonna have the three of them host, like can they just open with a musical number, like in the going back to the old school, the way that Billy Crystal would have his musical number? That's all I want. I want to see the three of them perform some kind of musical song and dance, and that's it. I don't know if any of them can sing. That's like, the whole point of yeah. it. That's what but I want yeah. them to I mean, do. Yeah. I, Regina I, Hall did some lovely lip syncing to Xanadu in Nine Perfect Strangers true. last year. <laughs> Um, by the way, just back to The Rock for one second. Didn't he tease that he was making an announcement at the Super Bowl? Did he? Like, did, did, I, did I miss that? Did I miss that announcement? Did you think he was going to announce he was running for president? Well, he's been, he's been saying that on Young Rock. <laughs> Every week on Young Rock, he's running for president in, in like 2035 <laughs> or something. So um, he's also bringing back the XFL for a third time because, you know, that's what this America's This time it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there is an audience for the XFL. I think there is. I think they need to market it correctly. Well, I, we probably won't be watching, but like, but there are people that I think it will appeal to. But to the Oscar host and Will Packer, I, I am encouraged by this choice, albeit not where I thought they would land. But I think we could have. An interest. I mean, if he has a good distinct vision, which I have been, it's been rumored that Packer does have a good distinct vision on how this show is going to play out. Then I'd be down with this. Yeah, I got, no, I got no problem with it. I'm optimistic that at least we do have hosts, so there will be a little more of a structure to these shows. I am concerned again about sort of just splitting them up into three hours because that does feel still a little more disjointed. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I hope there's pre-tapes. I hope they they sort of lean into some of the uh, unpredictable things that are are still the best parts of these shows. That I'm you sorry, sort of did miss you see clips? Clips? Are you are you referring to clips? <laughs> Film clips, oh, yeah. right? Oh, oh, and maybe actually showing the movies so people know yeah. what we're talking about. No, well, no, we don't have time for that. We have to focus on the Twitter poll. Yes. Yes. Listen, I I, I just wrote about that the day before. That, that, what, I, that, th- that they should have some type of like audience engagement piece. But what my my suggestion was that they have the audience vote on every category and have the winners of that count as one vote for the Academy. So the people are members of the Academy. Mm. I think, I mean, listen, like it's not something to say it makes a huge difference, but like they get to reveal that like you were the people's vote on the telecast and then we see what really happens. So instead we are getting what what are the two categories they're going to announce on the show? Fan favorite and uh scene something scene stealer or something scene, scene. scene it's, it's something like scene of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we paid attention. And you can go online and, and write in anything. So uh you know I I've been posting uh T V shows uh just because, <laughs> you know that's, because 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 you always choose violence. That's what it is. Because I choose you, violence. Oh, yes. And you can exactly. vote up to twenty times per day. Yeah. Until March third by tweeting your movie pick with hashtag Oscars fan favorites and hashtag sweepstakes or by visiting OscarsFanFavorite.com. 
Oh, and I saw the Snyderverse get involved. So get ready for Zack Snyder's Justice League to be announced during the telecast. Stands will, <laughs> do, will be voting 20 times a day. Was there any other way this could end? I've said I said this last year because I think they really missed the opportunity last year, but they still have the opportunity this year to really lean into movie going as as sort of the the push. This really needs to be about celebrating the idea of the theater, of people returning to the theater. Uh, they they should have really like thought up an ambitious way to actually produce some of the Oscars in various movie palaces around the country. I think like this is the year they really need to sort of like spread that message of. Of getting people back to the theaters and mm. yeah oh, and i'm sorry I, mike are you referring to film film clips again it seems like you're talking <laughs> about clips more film clips that talk about movies clips yes yes i do agree with all of that yes they, it's it's such an easy like i always say the, the oscars always have such easy wins but will always choose the road that's more difficult, <laughs> like no matter what so i i think that if they do that then yes i mean listen they, if they don't try to bring Snoop Dogg into Crip Walk again, <laughs> oh my God! I don't know. He, he very controversially, you know, smoked a little bit of marijuana before his Super Bowl performance, and like, people were shocked. <laughs> the New York Post was shocked. I couldn't believe they report like you report like it's. It'd be shocking also, if he wasn't. Also, sky is blue. <laughs> right, right. The ju- journalism 101 is a man bites dog, which is if we spotted Snoop and he wasn't smoking up before the show, you'd be like, Snoop, you're going out here sober? What? That's yeah. no, no, don't. Yeah, only, by, the way, only... by the way, marijuana is legal in California right. also. Yeah. So like even more so now, it's like stupid to report on. Do you, do you know what the most painful headline to me was, though? And I really found my age was, who is Mary J. Blige? I was like, that oh come was like on! A night who, who, through... who said that? Who wrote? Who wrote that, that was on who Yahoo. Wrote... Yahoo News. I was like, why? Why would you say that, people? People are so disrespectful. Uh, and why single her out? Like, if you don't know who Mary J. Blige is, odds are you might not know who you know Eminem, Kendrick is. Lamar is, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure some of the older audience didn't know Kendrick Lamar, even if they knew Snoop Dogg and, and Dr. Dre. Um, but yeah, that, that <sighs> halftime show was fantastic. Now, Clayton very I controversially so called it the best of all time. I, I got to go with it, number two of all time because you can't Prince. disrespect on Prince. that Prince. Prince doing it in the sure. rain. I mean, that 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 halftime show was still all time. But this, this definitely, I, I would say, number two. It's up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, I do appreciate uh, anyone who can hang upside down for that long and then be able to stand <laughs> normally afterwards. Four fifty. Yeah, I was so happy to see. I was like, look at you, I had, and I don't appreciate like the fat shaming of fifty because he did not look fat. Who to fat me. shamed him? Like the internet. They're saying that like That's he like, gained all this weight. I was like, he looks pretty jacked to me. So like, he was whatever. Buff, whatever. He, I, I had not heard that. Not to say that I'm surprised because the internet is a cesspool. But wait, come what? On. The internet? You, pe- people <laughs> have no, comments stop. on the internet <laughs> on people's bodies. Stop I am shocked it. and appalled. Oh man! So yeah, so that's um, your Oscar host. Oh, and- speaking of fat shaming, Clayton, have you heard from your fan God? Who oh, sent you some fan mail last not week? Sin- not since then. Okay. Yeah, I liked your, I, your dramatic I, reenactment of, uh, of that letter. It's, it's, it's about taking the power back and really just, like, you know, drawing the, land, the line in the sand. That's what I like to do. 
you're actually taking this person to the Oscars, actually, right? Like you guys are, you're 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 bonding. Yeah, like me, me and God are we were tight. <laughs> we, we, have, we, have a, we have a really good relationship. <laughs> I do have a question uh, though, because uh, first of all, I think we need to um, acknowledge that the Academy set a new date for the Governor's Awards, which is now the Friday before the Oscars, which is going to be interesting. Um, but two two things I think just race related, not. Uh, ethnicity, actually Oscar race. Um, I was like, oh boy, here he goes. Yeah, <laughs> a tirade, you know, wokester. Um, next Friday is the end of SAG voting. Yes. Mm. And I have a piece about uh, best actress being in chaos, uh, just utter chaos. Um, does that guess of who's winning that change for you daily? Or you feel Not like for you, me. I feel pretty secure, but and, and, and who do you think secure on who? I think it's coming down to Olivia Coleman or Kristen Stewart. Okay. And right now I lean towards Olivia Coleman, but um, but l- let me tell you, if Jessica Chastain takes SAG, which I think is a very very good chance of happening, yeah, it's it does upend things. Um, and Jessica is, you know, it's a transformative role. She is. As strange as it sounds, because she's been nominated for Oscars twice, but she feels really overdue. Probably because yeah. she probably should have won one of those times. She's beloved. She's an actor's actor. Like, you know, it's, yeah. Now, See, now as we're talking, yeah. I'm talking myself out of mm. my own statement. The thing that does it for me, for Jessica, <laughs> is that it's the, the makeup. The makeup nomination yes, bingo. is there. And that, to me, is like, is this it? Like, she is overdue. She has the makeup nomination and they've been out doing that, doing a lot of press for that, uh, you know, between Jessica and her team, uh, Linda Dowes and Justin Rally. But I feel that could push her to it. I mean, a great indicator could be seeing who wins this weekend, the makeup and hairstylist awards. Oh, is that this weekend? That's this weekend. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, and for people who don't know what we're talking about with the makeup nomination, Best Actress and Makeup have weirdly had, like, a strange uh, synergy over the last, like, three decades. Uh, in particular, Renee Zellweger and Judy. Uh, Judy was nominated but didn't win for makeup. Meryl Streep for The Iron Lady, that did win makeup. Uh, Marianne Cotillard, La Vie Rose, also won makeup. And then Charlize Theron for Monster, the makeup was uh, famously snubbed on the morning, but everyone feels like if it was there, also would have won uh, in a walk. Last year, makeup for Mulroney won. Yeah, and- with, with, with Viola losing, yeah. And, but, yeah. but yes, it, but she nearly did win. So, you know, yeah, there, there's a strange little uh, synergy there. And I would say, as we look at, at Jessica in particular, you know, she has had, I always feel like you're always good for an Oscar win when you've had like a snub or two under your belt. And I think hers, notably, a most violent year. Some would say Molly's game. I would say Molly's game. I yeah. would say Miss Sloan. I love Miss Sloan. I love Miss. Mm. I love yeah. her, Miss oh, Sloan. And um, Interstellar was also the same year as uh, a most violent year, but some people say that as well. So those have been like kind of her trajectory. Uh, but SAG, she's the only. She's one of only two non-winners in the category, and the other one is Kristen Stewart. So. Um, Kristen's road to a win, she has to, has to win Critics' Choice because that's two days before. Oh, well, I think she's probably going to because I think she's I, going yeah. to, too. Yeah. 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 Critics went crazy for, for but, that. But if like, she lost that, 
I think she's done. Mm, who would she lose it to? Maybe Olivia? Maybe I, Penelope? I, 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 guess, I guess if it became a sweep thing, like if Nicole wins SAG and then Critics' Choice falls in line, then then I think we're just in a Nicole time. But I, I just think we're getting a different winner at every award show because I think yeah. that's Which what is what happened do. last year. Yeah. It's what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to reiterate that we have quite some time before <laughs> Oscar voting is finalized. So the, this could change... All change six or seven Opens, times. Uh, one month from today, time of recording. Wow. <laughs> Real quick, Jazz, I want to go back to the makeup and hairstylist awards uh, because yes. I, can, I, I never get over the fact that they're called the Moaz. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time. Every I mean, time. Is that what Miss Piggy says? Mwah! When she kisses <laughs> people? That's forever I see that. You tell and, us, Mike. <laughs> Just a little side note. <laughs> Mike is the best. <laughs> uh, my, my last thing, I, uh, it's in the column, it's in, my, it's in the magazine this week. The day of Oscars, the headlines were Lady Gaga's Miss. However, the industry, like feeling the soul-ness that everyone felt was Denis Villeneuve in director. Yeah. And I have a theory that maybe he wins DGA, causing anarchy, causing further anarchy. Um, Because, again, it'll open up to the entire directors, members that are members of the DGA. Um, I I think people are like, like really, like Josh Brolin obviously spoke out about, about like, how do you not nominate him? It, it would really open things up, and then obviously, then we would all have to have a conversation. Or, or, or maybe I'm just overthinking it, and it's just Jane straight through to the end. I think it's going to be pretty tough to nudge Jane. But I feel, like I said, like obviously it was a Dune Q and A, but there was a vibe of like Denis missing. Like it's so, like it's mind blowing. It's yeah. perplexing. And he wasn't there, right? No, no, no. He okay. wasn't there, and he's always I. I actually don't know where he was. He's actually, no, he, he was down in Dune 2. Um, <laughs> so there was definitely that vibe. And I feel like, to Clayton's point, he could push Jane out. Like, Jane has been the lock, right, for the longest time. And I feel like he could push her out because of that sentiment of, like, I, don't, I can't believe he made this film. It's got you know, 11 BAFTAs, 10 Oscar nominations, and he didn't yeah. make it here. And, and to go along with that is because I think there is a day that Drive My Car wins adapted screenplay. Interesting. And if that happens, and like, and listen, it's all friends, we're all speculating this changes day to day. Right. If, <laughs> if Power of the Dog starts to like un, un, come off the hinges in some way, you know, who benefits from that? You know, Drive My Car wins adapted. Let's just say Denny won DGA. Just, a, you know, does that benefit Belfast? Or do we just come right back to Power of the Dog and they just fall fall in line? So th- that's just some of the evolving things in, in the race that I'm watching closely. The trait that we have to deal with for the next five, six weeks that's going to change every day. The last thing, Mike, what new movie did you watch this week? I watched King Richard. <gasps> what did you think? Yay! 
I enjoyed it. By the way, perfect uh, film to watch with the family. Watched uh, yeah. kids watch yeah. it as well, and it was it was fantastic. Uh, you know, Will Smith, shout out. You know, and uh, you know the girls who play Venus and Serena were great. Ingenue, fantastic. Thank I mean, it's you. A, mm-hmm. It's a great, great cast, great story. Loved it. So thumbs thank you, up thank to, you for the King compliments Richard. about mom and dad. We really appreciate that because <laughs> we love them very much. <laughs> yes. Did um, you cry? Yeah, did you cry? Did I cry? I don't know if I cried. I just felt good. I felt like... <laughs> Janelle, Mike has a hollow tin chest. Moment. I do. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm dead inside. What can I yeah. say? But uh, listen, I, I have an article coming. There's a King Richard Best Picture Day. That, that, that could uh, mm-hmm. You are speaking my language. Yeah. I've, I've always thought from the beginning it could happen. Um, if it wants to have like this late surge, my question was, it was hard to tell because, you know, it, it, it appeared simultaneously on uh, HBO Max. I couldn't tell if people had seen it, but now it feels like they have. Why I think it, there's a road for it. It definitely is not a movie anyone hates. Like it yeah. won't get a ton of number ones. Like I, I'd argue when I look at the best picture lineup. I would argue that Drive My Car will undoubtedly get the most number one votes, but it definitely won't clinch in the first round because it's a preferential ballot, blah, blah. So I think Drive My Car may get the most number one votes, and then it's done, and then it starts moving down the line. King Richard, Belfast, Coda, the king and queens of twos and threes, like, they're just going to be there. I think Power of the Dog gets a Mm -hmm. lot of ones. I think, well, no, I think Power of the Dog does get a lot of ones as well, but I just feel like Drive My Car would just get, like, a ton of them. Um, but what King Richard, if it's winning best actor, so you have to assume they, they, which we've seen a lot, they do go down their ballots a lot. And I think the key to it winning is a, uh, up and coming singer named Beyonce. <laughs> as, as we, as we saw with Daniel Kaluuya winning last year that brought in a, uh, correlating her best original song winner. I wonder like, we build the day of what does that look like, especially with film editing being so wide open. Yeah. Film editing, I think, is between Don't Look Up, King Richard, and Dune. And I think that could be, that could be your day. And then, obviously, without showing disrespect for Janelle, and Anjanue Ellis is also on the table <laughs> Thank as well. you. I was sitting over here. Going, <laughs> she's on the table. Yeah. Because she's, she's a strong number three. And, and people that come up, love her. Yeah. yeah. That come up the middle... We saw it play out. I argue Adrian Brody was the classic come-up-the-middle person. Daniel Day-Lewis, Jack Nicholson were battling that out, and here came Adrian Brody. So you have Anjanou at three. Who do you have ahead of her? Kirsten. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue yeah. with that. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, overdue, even though it's her first nomination. Yep. Like, who doesn't love Kirsten Dunst? I adore Kirsten So, by the way, I also adore. Jesse Plemons. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we adore both of them. Uh, speaking of Will Smith, did you all catch uh, Bel Air? Have you watched any of the uh, the new? I did. Re-imagining? I really enjoyed it. I've, yeah, yeah. I've seen the first episode. Yeah, yeah. I, wa- I want to see where it goes. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I, and I'm not saying that this is like a negative because I always, I, thought, I, 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 I failed to see where it can go down the line. Like, how do we bring this for multiple seasons? I feel that way anytime I watch a pilot, though, <laughs> with very I mean, few exceptions. Yeah. yeah. There, there are just some of them that, like, I just, like, when I can't see it clear, then I'm like, okay, this might be cool for a little while, but then it'll be like, okay, 
I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for his dad to pop up. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what we're all building to. Yeah. When does his dad show up? Oh, well, remember when his dad showed up in the original? It's the best episode oh. of the entire series. Yeah. That's when I was like future Oscar winner Will Smith right there. I, I can't wait for the serious reboot of New Girl. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think serious reboots of, of all the comedies. The serious Perfect Strangers reboot where, you know, Cousin Larry and Balky. That would be dark. Re- oh, <laughs> be serious. Well, Balky I think they already would... did it and it was called The Leftovers. Ooh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is true. And Marklin well Baker, by the way, was fantastic on The Leftovers, playing himself as the only member of the cast of Perfect Strangers that was left behind. Yeah, Marklin Baker, who uh, showed up in Ghosts this season. I, I love that he he still right. uh, pops up every I once in a while. I love Ghosts. Yeah. Can we give a shout out to Ghosts? I know That's that maybe it's show. not hip to enjoy uh, uh, network sitcoms, but ghosts boy, is Ghosts and fun. Abbott Elementary, two broadcast oh. comedies that are among the best comedies on TV, period, right now. And they're both on broadcast. So broadcast is coming back, baby. Broadcast. Mike, Mike, keep beating that drum. We need you on that on that side of the house. Save broadcast TV. Oh, big shout out! Not broadcast. Murderville. Thoroughly enjoying it. I I, I honestly don't know what this is. It's on Netflix. Oh, it's with okay. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. And yeah. it and it is joyful, just joyful. You know what is just as joyful? Speaking of leftovers, The Gilded Age, Carrie Coon. Yeah. I, I just want to yeah. give my weekly shout out to The Gilded Age. It is. And it's just been renewed for season two. So The two yeah. stars of The Gilded Age actually appeared in one of the best short films I have ever seen in my life. So I'm so tickled to have them together. It's, um, it's sort of been, you can't really find this anywhere. It's called Great Choice. Carrie Coon plays a woman trapped in a Red Lobster commercial. And it is brilliant and scary and unnerving and... I think somebody had some sort of legal objection, so it's very hard to find the film. But if you find yourself able to see it or at a festival or something, um, do yourself a favor and seek it out because it is fantastic. That, sound, that sounds like a spinoff of the movie Stay Tuned with John Ritter. I've Does never seen that? Stay Tuned. It's, it's, it was great when I was a child. Right. And I watched it recently. <laughs> and I said, and I watched the whole thing. I was like, I can't believe I watched this 5,000 times growing up. Well, Morgan Spector terrorizes Carrie Coon in Great Choice, and so I love seeing them as a couple in the Gilded Age. Ooh, speaking of, serious reboot of Three's Company, that's right there on the table for HBO I did that for theater, you know. (laughs) Uh, Many, many years ago, I did a serious Three's Company reboot, and it was, uh, it it did not go over well. People do not like having their childhood memories messed with. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just say, it was not one of my more popular offerings. A dark threes company where Jack Tripper turns out has a secret and he's stalking the two women. And yeah, that, that I don't yeah. want to see that. I, I just yeah. want to, ha- I want happy threes company, but um, <laughs> turns out people don't like a uh, sexual harassy, Mr. Roper or sorry, Mr. Uh, Furley. It was Mr. Furley. Yeah. Uh, with the scarves. I hope at least he yes, still had the scarves. Had the scarves. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Morgan Spector, Carrie Coon, our TV critic, uh, Caroline Framke actually wrote a great column about uh, how they are the couple of the moment on television. They sizzle on screen, those two. The robber barons of the Gilded Age, turns out, are, are also couple goals right now for, for anyone watching TV. Um, well, except Carrie Coon is, of course, married to Tracy Letts, who is a genius, and Morgan Spector is married to Rebecca Hall, so... Uh, I do not want them to be couples goals because their real life couples are couples goals. All right. Well, there's a lot of couples goals going on there. Then, so. <laughs> <laughs> All around in real and fictitious worlds. 
the one couple's goals you don't want is the Tinder swindler. So Oh my I just watched that. Yeah. I need to watch it still. My Jessica watched it and she said she loved it. So I I'm catching up. Yeah. But it's I heard the great it's the obsession of the moment. It's it's the new unscripted obsession. So well there we go. There's a lot uh, of things to throw out there for, for people this week to watch. So We'll end it on that, I think. Uh, next week, we will uh, sort of uh, discuss uh, SAG Award final predictions, and we'll, we'll chat more about that. So get mm, your that's votes That's next in. week, so we'll change our minds six more times before then. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's, it's what we, have so we a, love to do. A week to adjust. Uh, so catch you then next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. After the break... Sandra O, oh, star of Killing Eve, The Chair, and so much more. From Los Angeles, this is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. From writer and showrunner Amanda Peet, Netflix's The Chair, which premiered last August, stars Sandra Oh as Dr. Ji Yoon Kim, a professor who becomes the first woman of color to become chair of the English department at a fictional New England university. A single mother, Ji Yoon quickly realizes the burden of having to steer a faculty of entitled, out-of-touch older professors. It isn't quite what it's cracked up to be. Now I'm scared to show my face on campus. Ever been uh, on the cover of a newspaper for having inflicted harm on a large group of people? It's like it's it's like Pol Pot and Stalin and me. It's listen, we're almost out of time, and since this is your daughter's session, I'm going to move on to her now. If that's okay, of course. Want some? What is it? Poison. The tremendous cast includes Jay Duplass, Holland Taylor, Bob Balaban, and David Morris. O has received a Screen Actors Guild nomination for Female Actor in a Comedy Series for The Chair. Previously, she's won Female Actor in a Drama Series twice for Grey's Anatomy and Killing Eve, and has also won Ensemble Awards for Grey's Anatomy and on the film side for Sideways. Coincidentally, on the same night as this year's SAG Awards, O's other series, the critically acclaimed Killing Eve, premieres its fourth and final season. It's a busy time for O, who also has become a go-to voice talent for animated films such as Raya and the Last Dragon and Next, Turning Red. I recently spoke with Sandra about The Chair and her nomination, Killing Eve, and so much more. We began by discussing the David Duchovny Band Tour t-shirt that she was wearing, and she reminded us that Duchovny, who makes an appearance in The Chair as himself, even wrote a song for the show. At the end of the fifth episode, which is his episode, yeah, like the David Duchovny writes a song for June. And um, it's, it's the, I think it's the end credit song. That's so yeah, it's awesome. It's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you know David Duchovny? Have you guys like ever like? No, I only met him on the show. But, um, and, and he was just, you know, the shooting of, of the chair was so fast and furious, like so crazy fast and furious. We shot all his stuff 
on, on the second day of shooting because that's all we could get time with him. And so it was mad. It was mad. It was extremely long day. And, you know, we were in COVID hours, which was supposedly 10 hours. Totally was not 10 hours. It was supposedly 10 hours. And, you know, we're in the dead of winter and outside of Pittsburgh while everyone's kind of adjusting to how to shoot with all these protocols. It was crazy, but he, boy, was he just dove. Right, I mean, he did. He dove right into like, you know, the deep end. Yeah. And great player. Great, great player. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, do you remember when he was on Larry Sanders back in the nineties and like, oh, yeah. again, just sort of had, had some real fun with just his persona. And persona. Yeah. Yeah. He is really that smart. He's that smart and he has that much ego strength that that's not a problem for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, so that must've been sort of surreal though, to, to re tape that so quickly, film that so quickly, like when you had just started shooting, uh, is, is that like not really haven't gotten into your groove yet or in, in character or how, how does that, how do you sort of get into character knowing that you're kind of shooting out of order and, and sort of like, block shooting that way you know I, I i i think i've never worked with such a high level of of creators and actors on the whole across the board everyone there really knows television really knows how to shoot television really knows how to act and it was uh such an experienced group um, that everyone just dove in immediately. I've just never done anything that had to start with sprinting and that you basically sprinted the whole time. Uh, usually on, on a show, although I do think things are changing now, um, you either shoot in, in order of episodes or you block shoot, that you'll shoot two episodes and then two episodes. We actually cross-boarded, meaning that we shot all six episodes at the same time. So that just lends a little bit more challenge to trying to figure out where you are in your arc. So again, everyone really knows how to block out along an arc because we already had the scripts. Uh, and so it was just, um, it was just amazing to have everyone on their A game. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're, you're working with, I mean, Holland Taylor for Holland, starters, yes. comedy royalty. Yes. So and Duplass, man, like yeah. Duplass, of course, television, but it's like he has, he has not only a, uh, also approaches it from a, he has a director's eye, he has a producer's eye, you know, he has a lot of skills that I know he brought into it and that we all depended on each other for us to bring all our skills. And it was really exciting. It was a very exciting shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob Balaban, uh, you know, such a... <laughs> yeah like Balaban, like it's like, and in a way where it's like, uh, you know, for, you know, people who, who know, who know it, you know, it's the strong actors who can, who, who can hold a wide shot, right? We had such little time that we did not have not much time for coverage. Right. But you have like, you know, there's that one scene uh, with Ron and Bob and Holland sitting together on the couch and they're kind of trying to decide what they're going to do about Gian. They're kind of conspiring. But you have a wide shot with three phenomenal actors. You don't have to go in. Like, you don't have to cut because they're all so um, good at what they do. And they can keep this storytelling in a wide. It's it's commendable um, 
you know, about their talent. Well, let's back up and talk a little bit about the origins of this, because uh, because uh, it's such an interesting, like almost boutique project. Mm. It, it's such a such a nice, like fun find, and it's I, it was kind of delicious to watch these these <laughs> episodes because you know they're all they're half an hour. It's yeah. just it's sort of a, a fun sort of easy tale to binge, like in, in you know in one night if you want to, and and sort of just get this entire story. Uh, but take me back to how you first got involved with this. What was sort of the the, the genesis of, of you being sort of a, a, a part of this? Oh, man, the genesis is actually uh, Sarah Paulson emailed me and she said, and Sarah and Amanda are extremely close friends. And she's like, um, hey, my friend Amanda, uh, she has a script. Can I send it to you? And And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, I don't think maybe Amanda remembers that actually we did a short film together a billion years ago that I don't even remember what it was called. Um, but so Sarah sent me uh, Amanda's script and I read it and I didn't even know what it was necessarily. It wasn't like this is going to be, you know, six half hours. This is going to be for television. It was just a short script. It could have been a short, a short film. But I liked it so much immediately. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I met up with uh, Amanda and then Amanda and the whole team. And uh, there was just so much like-mindedness and um, a similar approach to work. Um, And I wanted to do something fun. I actually was looking for a comedy. Yeah. Um, And I just thought, I think this, I think her, her script, her voice, and then I felt like the team behind her could do it. So I, I really said, yeah, I said yes very quickly. And also was what, what kind of time, because it was sort of a quick shoot, uh, it seemed like it was an easy time commitment to kind of squeeze in in between everything else you've got going on. Yeah, you know, I did that. Uh, I, I finished that series and then I shot the fin- finale of uh, Killing Eve all last year. So kind of like being able to fit in two TV shows pretty pretty great. Yeah, pretty pretty fruitful during COVID to get all that work done. Yeah, it was a fruitful it was a fruitful COVID time for me. Yeah. So 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 you meet with Amanda and and what was like what was the script when you first saw it? How much did it sort of evolve, especially once once you climbed aboard? It stayed pretty much the same. It stayed pretty much the same. Some some pieces moved around. There was some storyline that couldn't happen because then. You know, um, this was all we we all got together. This script, all that it happened before the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? So when the pandemic happened, a lot of things had to change, and then certain cast casting kind of fell out. You know what I mean? A lot of the casting was kind of quite fluid uh, because it, you know when we started, it was like okay, this is going to be done during the pandemic. Um, so that shifted around uh, a little bit, but the general storyline um, did not. So basically Bill's transgression and how everything kind of centers around that and Jim trying to save him and then trying to save uh, uh, the department and then eventually failing. I, I don't never changed. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's, it, it's as timely then as it still is now uh, to, to sort of explore some of these issues of, uh, you know, sort of, you know, understanding people uh you know i i don't like to use the term cancel culture um because because i think there's it's more of a consequence culture but they're they're like it's a fine 
it's a gray area, right? And and I don't know how you sort of feel about this, but it's an interesting conversation that we're all kind of having right now as we figure out, okay, what what's acceptable and how also do we handle that in in popular culture? It's yeah, it's just really tricky to even talk about. You know, in some ways, it's like there's broad ways that we're probably speaking together about it right now. You know what I mean? Not to get too specific because. Right because it's tricky, it's dangerous, and um, it's hard to gauge uh, when it's gonna bite you because it doesn't matter necessarily what your, what your intention is or what the reality is for you. In some ways, when it gets out there in, in, this, in the culture, or let's say in so- social media, it, it, it doesn't belong to you anymore, and it's much bigger than, uh, and than what your personal reality is. And so, that's dangerous. I find that dangerous. It makes me very nervous. Yeah, yeah, and it's especially interesting when you look at sort of you know Jay's character because you know he's he's already in pretty bad shape, and you think that's what's going to fuel his sort of de- not demise, but his his downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for something that he almost sort of you know absentmindedly did for that sort of to become the the piece that leads to his downfall is is and you almost. You, you think of it, it's like, oh, that's a wacky moment. That's a crazy moment. And then you kind of, as a viewer, forget about it. And then you sort of see it start to bubble up. And, oh, that's that's what uh, lit the fuse. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's such a good question. If someone had a, a close-up camera on you all day, how many times would you trip up in, you know, a larger cultural setting? You know, if you had, you know... All, all these people on social media watching your every move, you would trip up. You know what I mean? It'd be very, very unconscious. Um, but I just think the the show, in, in because that's also just one of the story points of the show, because I yeah. think it also touches on so many other uh, uh, salient points and relevant points to us culturally. But, I, but with that one, it just, you know, we were... And I don't really know many other shows that are just dipping their toe into like, how do we speak? Like, let's just see it from the point of view, from the person who absentmindedly, unconsciously, uh, or you could say uh, thoughtlessly did something, said something. And, and, and then you just see the ripple effects of, the, of, of that. I think it was very interesting to, to examine. Well, let's talk about your character. And and sort of you know where where you know I don't want to say it seems like she was set up to to fail, but you know it's you know the, so when we talk about issues of gender and uh, and uh, age and race and and some of the things that uh, you know she's she sort of you know ha- faces in taking this job and. And then in the end, like, and and not to do spoilers, but I hope people have watched by now if they're listening. Uh, to some degree, I love the fact that on her own terms, she managed to get Holland Taylor's character in place as the chair. But at the same time, there's still kind of a sadness that she, it, it didn't work out for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What 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 do you make of her journey, and and how did you feel sort of about you know how she handles it, where where things end up? Well, one, we have to remember it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's a comedy. And then it's like, 
the, the comedy is not funny if the hero just wins. <laughs> this is true. You know, it's not funny. But also, I think we're pushing on uh, what I think reality is. You know, and uh, and that's actually really sad. It's really, really sad. Uh, but also, that is also an essential element to comedy. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I actually thought, you know, I thought that Jean, she's so filled with as much wisdom as she has at that time. You know, when we meet her. Um, and passion for change. And I think, you know, those of us who want change come up against this wall again and again and again. Uh, and really the entire point is how you get up. It's not really so much that the change that you feel like you want to enact or you want to be involved in actually happens. It's kind of like learning um, how to get up. And, and really, she wins. She wins in the way of not losing herself, not losing her soul, and not losing her relationship with Bill, right? Because also the, the relationship with Bill is not just a romantic one. It's about their love of literature, and it's their love of teaching. And that she does not compromise on. And you see her compromising from the very beginning, from the very beginning. So like, you know, the, her one win is that she gets, you know, Holland's, you know, Holland's character to like be in the position of power. Like that's one yeah. thing. But internally, I think that, um, uh, that she wins by really kind of not sacrificing herself. And I, I have to hold that as a win. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I, I, I'm dissecting it like it is a drama, but no, it is very much a comedy okay. because it's it's real life, and and this is the absurdity of real life. I mean, and that's and and in particular in this case, the absurdity of of this situation, this small college, uh, you know, in in uh, you know the upper north northeast, uh, you know, and and that experience, and that's that that you know the satire there and the absurdity is is sort of what makes also this a, a fun watch uh and so you met, mentioned jay uh and uh you know i do love seeing the two of you interact on this show talk a little bit about like how much did you know jay and and uh you know had you spent any time with him you hadn't met him before the show not at all no? i've known uh, jay's work obviously yeah. you know his films and stuff like that obviously transparent uh, but no, did not know Jay. And boy, Jay and I went like right at each other. That's fun. Cause you know, I saw the chemistry yeah. and, and, and for you guys to have never known each other, but to still sort of bring that chemistry, especially in the short shoot is, yeah. is pretty fun. Long-term relationship. And it was also, again, it's the depth of the actors who, who, who can say, I have known you for a long time. You were my senior advisor. 15 years ago, we, we have to layer that in or whatever. Like, you know, it's like, we've been hanging out. I knew your wife, you knew my, you know, ex-partner. We have this history. You've known my journey to becoming a mom. You know what I mean? That all had to be layered in. And I think it absolutely has to do with Jay openness and confidence 
like he has a lot of self he has a lot of self confidence and that's very attractive and um it's it, when someone knows that and uh, and he also understands power because he gives it you know what i mean it's like it's like that's how that's how it really moves is how much he's willing to help open and give power to others is is how i how i read power and and so that that for me builds up a lot of trust you know i feel like uh i was i was there to i think i feel like you know i really just wanted to like challenge him and like uh uh make him feel um like like our very first scene that we shot was when um bill has the keys and um and Jean just basically chases him around and they end up on a couch before uh before Marsha comes in and, and goes whoops and then I it's like I you need to take me seriously so before that each take I would look at him and I'm like I'm going to get you excuse <laughs> I'm get you and I came out with him uh, you know with full force and I just think that again makes the energy it's like no one's holding back it's like let's make it let's make the energy happen yeah no it's it's it, it works and uh you know it's it's interesting because uh, i i know you know jay's focus was never really acting was never his first focus it was directing and and producing and all that so to see him uh you know work with uh you know such such fantastic partners like yourself it's been fun to watch that evolution too um, so this was sort of a fun one-off or are you sort of, uh, do you, do you, uh, do you want to do more of these kind of, you know, kind of one season, uh, sort of side projects like, oh that? yeah, I mean, honestly, I would have loved to share one on, you know what I mean? But, uh, no one's called me, so I'm guessing that's not happening. So, but I would have loved it because I just thought that there was so much material there to potentially, yeah explore because the setting and the characters were established so well i i would have really really loved it but i do like this format did uh by the way did did you ever talk to amanda about that was there ever thought of of continuing or is that oh, yeah. yeah yeah but that that's whatever <laughs> that's the biz well yeah that's the that's 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 yeah 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 <laughs> I would have well, liked. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, at least we had this this moment in yes. time. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm just so I'm I also I also I'm just happy that it happened. It was it was great to do. It was a great experience to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's that cliche, right? Uh uh just be be happy that it happened or what what is that? Uh, don't don't be sad that it's over, but be happy that it happened or something. Well, yeah. All right, I'll take that. I'm happy <laughs> that it happened. I and I am I am also sad that it's over. But I am, you know, really happy that it happened. Yeah. And speaking of being sad that things are ending, um, of course, you're going to be going through this this process now for for you know a while, talking about the end of Killing Eve uh, and this opportunity to kind of wrap it up in in sort of doing this victory lap, this this sort of farewell tour, in, yeah. in uh, you know promoting the final season. Uh, what uh, what has that been like so far, and uh, what uh, what are you feeling as as the show as as people get a chance to say say farewell to Eve and, and Villanelle? You know, um, I just I just did um, the ADR for episode seven like this morning, so I was yeah. able to see a chunk of of episode seven, 
And for, for me, as we go deeper into the season, particularly episode seven, I really wanted to bring like an existential crisis for, um, for Eve um, because, you know, her relationship with Villanelle has been so cosmically fraught and also the relationship with 12 has been so destructive. I wanted to examine this space of her going back and the questions that I also really feel that many of us have had um, throughout this pandemic is how do I continue? You know what I mean? And with the, with a lot of the things, it's like, how do I continue when there is so much blah? How do I continue when we can't seem to speak? How, how do I continue when, you know, there's environmental destruction? How do I continue? And I wanted to somehow put that into her character and, and in, in terms of, of thinking about the 12 and thinking about all that she's lost. So when I saw that ADR and some of the, some of the scenes, I, 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 I was excited to see it. I, you know, I was like, Oh, is that going to work? And I, I actually, I, I hope it works. I hope it really works because it's, again, it's like, you know, when you're closing out a character, right. It's like, I did want to hit certain points I wanted to hit certain points of like, you know, she started out in somewhat naive and somewhat unknowing and somewhat unfulfilled in her potential, um, but um, even and happy. And to get her into a much more serious and depthful and whole place where she may not ever be happy again, but there's a certain, she's just more in the world. Yeah. I mean, she she has a she has a purpose because of what has happened, and and so she has a mission, and and so she's very determined this season. I, mean, I remember when uh, when they killed Kenny and broke my heart, but also that was a pivotal that was a turning point for for the series for you know for both Eve and also Carolyn. Uh, you know, these characters have specific motivations, and and it's still you know a, a key part of this final season and what those two characters are doing. And then of course, you know, Villanelle just being Villanelle, but uh, you know, nonetheless, it does feel like there's, there's a real sort of, you know, sort of end game that we're all kind of working towards and watching this final season of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, what's been fun about, you know, you mentioned wanting to do comedy uh, mm-hmm. with, with the chair and you know the thing with with Killing Eve, especially in those early seasons, is you got to do a lot of comedy mm-hmm. there too. Um, that this has been such an interesting show, I'm sure, as an actor to 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 do with with just the uh, you know the, the the wide range of the physicality, the drama, the comedy, the the outfits, the you know just everything that's been a part of this show. It's it's it must have been just such a treat as, as an actor to just get to experience all of that. Definitely. I'd say one of, if not the most challenging ones, I just felt like really spending every moment, not just playing the story, but really trying to transform Eve was an, an amazing experience. It's an amazing experience. So mostly for me, creatively, it's, it really changed 
it really changed on how I create something and understanding the nature of creation, you know, and that the nature of creation is, is not necessarily fun or light, but it's interesting. And it, it, it holds me like, um, it holds me like the, the, the passion between even Villanelle, you know what I mean? Because uh, I, I think myself like with Eve is that I, I, uh, I have a desire to just, I don't know, no more, you know what I mean? No, definitely. And, and uh, uh, so, so you've, you've shot the entire final season. Um, are you excited to see how people react? Are, are people, uh, how do you think people, fans of the show are going to react? I don't know. I, I don't know. And there's a lot of that I think that I need to let go of, of what that is. I just like, you know, I, I, I hope they, that's all I can say is I, ho- I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. I hope people enjoy it. And I hope, uh, yeah, I just, uh, that's it. I hope people enjoy it. So you've been doing a lot of voice work recently. Yes. So next up, you've got Turning Red coming uh, to, to Disney+. Plus. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about that. And also just in general, all the, all the voice work that you've been doing lately. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, Turning Red is the next Pixar film coming up to Disney+. Plus and it opens like March 11th. And that was just a great experience. Um, Domi Shi, who's our director, she uh, won a short, for, uh, an Oscar for her short bow. And she's a Chinese Canadian um, <laughs> director and she sets this film in Toronto and it's about a 13 year old girl named May and I play her mother, Ming. And it's really about, you know, that very special time in a young woman's life where she goes through the changes of puberty and she goes through the changes of trying to understand the volatility of of her emotions, excitement and sadness and anger and passion and lust and sexuality. And those are all burgeoning and it becomes in the form of her transforming into a giant red panda. And so um, her relationship with her mother is really, I think, about the natural individuation that has to happen um, in a young person's life. So it's right on the money for, for, for a Pixar film. Yeah. It's just, and it's set in Toronto. It's just so beautiful. The palette's so beautiful. And there's fantastic music in it. There's a, there's a boy band in it called Four Town with five members, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> which I friggin' loved. And uh, the music is fantastic too. So that's coming out soon as well as like some other stuff. It's like, I did, I did this show for Amazon called uh, Invis- In- Invincible. And yeah. that was really, really fun. Um, and, oh, I did Raya. Yeah. Raya and the Dragon. And yeah. Oscar nominated. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also just in the midst of doing a, a film, um, an animated, next animated film uh, called uh, The Tiger's Apprentice. I, I will say uh, the COVID pandemic time was a good time for animation. Yeah. A, a lot of, there was a lot of voice work going on because that industry was still working. Yeah. That's great. That's great. That's so that that's booming. Um, so, and uh, I do love the, the Canada uh, connection to this one. So yeah, yeah. shout out to your, uh, your, well, your hometown, yeah, yeah. Your home, my hometown, but like, yeah, but your home country. Home. Yeah. Up North. Country, yeah. So, so that's cool. Um, what uh, what else are you excited to do next? I mean, what what is on the uh, the bucket list moving into 
dare I say next year? Um, what, what, right? uh, you know, I gotta tell you, I feel like, uh, I want to take it easy a little bit. I want to take it yeah. easy because, uh, also, you know, it's just, I feel like it's been a real transformative past couple of years for, uh, I hopefully I, I would think all of us. And within that is like not to do work just for work's sake or not to do work just because, you know, you, you can, I feel much more responsibility of, of taking, evaluating, taking your time to make your decisions. I did that after grace in for taking the time to find killing Eve. And I'm just going to take that time again. That's Sandra Oh, SAG-nominated for Female Actor in a Comedy on The Chair, which is now streaming on Netflix. And she's also the star, with Jodie Comer, of Killing Eve, which returns for its fourth and final season on February 27 on BBC America. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.